You are listening to the Tricer Podcast, where we talk all things hunting, gear, and the great outdoors. Before we begin, let's start things out right and put God first. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Tricer, and I ask that you can use this podcast as a way to bring joy to all of our listeners. We lay Tricer and this podcast at your feet. Amen. All right, Tucker Ryan, welcome on the, the Tricer Podcast. Hey, Drew. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, so Tucker messaged me a couple weeks ago on Instagram, and he's like, Hey, Drew, you told me to, to use your stuff to find things and then kill them. He's like, look at the buck I killed. <laughs> I, I thought that was the coolest message, man. And uh, I was like, dude, you got to come on the podcast and talk about that buck. And you had said you were scouting it all summer. And I just, I just want to hear the story. Um, but uh, before we get too much into that, I kind of, I guess that's kind of ruined your hunt story, but before we get too much into that, uh, tell me about yourself. Who are you? You know, where do you live? What are you about? Yeah, all good. Um, I'm Tucker Ryan. I live in Rapid City, South Dakota. I'm a part-time college student up here at School of Mines studying mechanical engineering. And then I also work part-time as a, uh, engineering intern for a company called Sealock. So I spend so- a lot of time hunting, probably too much time or else I'd have graduated school by now, but nothing wrong with that, I guess. No, I mean, you're not married yet, right? No. Oh, yeah. Get get all the hunting you can right now before the kids come. And Yeah. You know, no, I have, I have a little six-month-old boy, but I'm still trying to get in as much hunting as I can. Oh, he already got the kid. All right. Oh, another year or so. Just drag him with me. So what is what is the secret? You have a six-month-old boy, and you still killed a, a good buck this year. What's the secret to get out that quick? Uh, it, it, it wasn't just this year. I've been hunting this year for three years. Oh, wow. So you've been after this year for three years. Yeah, I've been putting a lot of a lot of time in. Um, the first year I found him, I scouted. I scouted like every day for three months, watching. Actually, I was watching this deer and another deer. Awesome. Well, let's let's talk about how you got into hunting before we get to that deer, I guess. So, how how long have you hunted? Your family hunt? How did you get into hunting? Yeah, I, so I grew up not necessarily big game hunting. My family wasn't big into big game hunting. It was never really, like my dad hunted a lot growing up, but it was always for food for him. So big game hunting was never fun for him. It was just, it was a chore. And so he wasn't really into big game hunting. But that being said, uh, trapping and predator hunting were kind of like a fun thing for him to do that he used to do with his grandpa. And so that's where he started me out. Um, Way back, I remember being seven, eight, him and I going out calling coyotes and then trapping bobcats. Um, That's really big. I'm originally from Colorado. So, okay. uh, good, lot, a lot of really good predator hunting there. So that's kind of what I grew up doing. And then, uh, big game hunting started when I was 12 and I actually, my older brother and I have, uh, he's only a half brother, but his grandparents were basically grandparents to me too. And they owned an outfitting business pretty much all our lives. Oh wow! And so I'd always go up with them in the summers and help out. And then, I guess the first memory I have of big game hunting is they invited me up to an elk hunt. Um, one of their clients shot a six by six bull and I think I was eight or nine then. And so they invited my dad and I up and we went and helped out and that was pretty cool. And then fast forward when I was 13, I actually uh, shot my first big game animal with them, which was a black bear. Oh, nice. Your first big game animal was a black bear. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was pretty neat. That's awesome. So, uh, you said you had like your first deer as well. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So what I mean is, is meal is meal deer your passion? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I still have a 
whitetails have kind of been my nemesis, but yeah, this was the first mule deer buck. Oh wow, first that's your deer first I buck. Wow, that is a so, heavy buck. Yeah, he's a, I think it was 138 inches is what I scored it at, somewhere around there. Around there. Um, shot this when I was 16. Wow, and so what is that? Is that the, I'm looking at it from the side view. Is that seven on one? How many on, how many on one side of that thing on the right side? Yeah, it's seven by five, I believe. These they're just barely long enough to count them. Seven by five bucket. It's only weighs measures 130. Huh? It looks so much bigger. Wow. Yeah, no, this was a really really old deer. Um, this side's really good, and then he actually like you can see how this side's a lot shorter. Okay. He had a really gnarly foot injury the year I killed him. And so it was on this side. So, and we sell that a lot back home with animals that got injured that usually the one side would kind of correspond to that. Really? That's neat. So, yeah, this is a pretty wild story. Um, I grew up playing basketball a lot and I had gotten hurt in summer camp playing basketball. And the guy I worked for, he showed up to see me after I'd gotten home and everything. And he asked me how I was doing and everything. And then he throws a deer tag, a deer voucher at me and says, well, here you go. You've earned this one. And so I got to go hunt his place that year, and uh, I killed that buck opening evening. I kind of have a trend of opening evening deer. <laughs> and so I opening morning, I didn't see a single deer. Um, I passed cow elk. I had a cow elk tag then, too, and this cow elk runs out at, like, 200 yards, and I could have shot her, and I'm like, no, I'm looking for deer. I don't need to deal with a cow elk tag because there's a youth hunt I could hunt the whole season. And so I let the cow elk go and uh, hiked all over all morning, didn't see anything. And then went home for a few hours and I came back in about two o'clock and I hiked in three quarters of a mile. So to my glassing knob, set my binos up on a tripod and instantly picked up that deer in like 15 does or something like that. And so, I mean, I watched them for hours and then about 30 minutes before daylight, 45 minutes before daylight, they start working my way. And so I can see that they're going to circle around. And so I get my rifle ready and I move to the one ridge closer and kind of meet them in the middle. And so this is a, it's a private land voucher. So I'm playing, I'm actually playing a private public game for once. They're on the public and I need them to be on the private. Okay. And so I'm waiting them out and the, there ended up being one hot doe in that group. And she jumped the fence and this buck is following and they come up over to the ridge to me and 60 year old me never hunted deer before. I have this buck at 90 yards and I have the crosshairs behind his shoulder and it's just going like this and I cannot hold steady and I'm shaking so bad and, <laughs> and the buck actually turns and spooks. He saw me, but the doe didn't, but she went with him. And so they run up over the ridge and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I just let this deer get away. And uh, kind of a little backstory is I never got to meet my actual grandpa, but he was really, really big into mule deer hunting. Um, killed a couple of bucks at right around that 200 inch mark, one that's two, 235. And so I'll tell the, this, this deer is kind of a part of all of that. So anyways, I looked up in the sky and I said, Hey grandpa, I'd really appreciate if you could give me one more chance at that deer. And no joke, that deer turned and came walking right to me. <laughs> it was the coolest thing ever. Same are you spot. By, are, you by your, are you by yourself right now? Yeah. You're by yourself. So you're out there by yourself. Glasses, you're all by yourself. 16 years old. Honey, you're by yep. yourself. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Yep, this deer goes broadside. It was like 92 yards. I shoot him. He runs up over the hill, and he's headed for the public. And no joke, 20 yards before the fence, he just goes end over end. Piles <laughs> up right at the fence. And uh, I was I was shook. I had no idea what to do. And so 
I called my dad, told him what happened, and he drove out there and he met me right at dark and we got some pictures and everything. And so that was really cool. And I ended up taking the cape off of that deer and mounting my grandpa's 235 inch deer. Oh, really? So yeah, that's, and that's mounted that's really at my neat. parents' house. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's um, the taxidermist said that was the biggest cape he had ever seen in his life at a 26 inch neck. Really? Just an yeah, old, so old it, buck. Old deer. It fit that 230 inch deer perfectly. Well, that's a good way to ruin yourself at 16 years old shooting a seven by five buck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, and what was really cool about that is the rifle I used, my grandpa bought for my grandma when they got married. That was her wedding gift. What and the ammunition that I shot that buck with was the last ammo my grandpa loaded before he died. What caliber was it? Uh, 257 Roberts. I actually have the ammo right here. Oh, 257 Roberts. That's awesome. Yeah, you can see I had, uh, he left us 10 rounds of ammo and there's nine there. So I got to oh, find wow. something special to do with the other nine. That's so cool. So you had, he, he loaded 10 rounds before he died and you used yep. one of the 10, never met your grandpa and shot your first buck. Yep. One shot. Man, you can't so make actually, that stuff up. That's awesome. You can't make that stuff up. That is so cool. What's that really is, cool is um, my brother's grandma, who I told you guys about in the beginning, she did all the leather work for me, and that right there is the shell casing. Oh, that is awesome, man. So, yeah, it's it's pretty neat. That's Yeah, cool. that was my first first year. That's awesome. All right, so before we go into the uh, next part, I'm going to do a little promo for one of my things. I, I'm so professional when I do this. Uh, hey, you guys, we sell a bino adapter. It's really good. It's one-piece Arca Swiss, so no having to use adapter plates or anything. It'll thread into like 95% of binos out there. Comes with two studs, not one. 50 bucks. If you're not running my bino adapter, you should go get it. Go pick a bino adapter up uh, on TriceUSA.com. All right, with that said and that great promo done, Tucker, I want to hear about this giant buck that you just shot with your bow and you, you hunted for three years. I want to hear this story. Yeah, so originally I found this deer three seasons ago. And the first year I hunted him, I wasn't chasing him really hard. Like, it was really the first year in, that I hunted hard in South Dakota. And so oh, growing up, in, we didn't This have, was in South Dakota? Yeah, this is actually a Black Hills uh, deer. Oh, man. I thought for sure you were out here with us. Okay, so you got it in South Dakota. That's really cool. All right, keep yeah, going. in the Black Hills. It's a very big deer for the Black Hills. They don't usually get that big. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, we, I found him, and there was a big 10-point whitetail that I was chasing. That's what's so unique about South Dakota is they're intermixed all the time. Okay. And so I was chasing this whitetail, and I found this deer at the end of that summer. And the, my hunting partner and I, his name's Logan, he'll tie back into the story. But I'm like, yeah, man, you can chase that muley. I want, I want to kill a whitetail. I've never killed a whitetail. He's from Nebraska. He shot a bunch of whitetails. And so, like, second week of season, he gets a good opportunity, almost kills this deer at 30 yards and uh, the wind switched on him, spooked him. Well, he had to take off for a trip for the, so the next week and I go back in by myself and I turn this deer back up. And so I glass this deer up in his bed and he's bedded in the perfect spot. I can get, get up around him, get on top and come down. The wind direction's fine and it's going to hold. And so, but it's also like later in the night, like I had two hours and I'm like, well, tomorrow I have the full day. So I'm just going to wait on this deer and see what he does. And so that night he came, comes up out of his bed and he feeds in this little coolie. Fed all night, disappeared at, at dark, right? So I get in the next morning, he does the same thing. But the wind direction's not good in the morning. It's only good in the evening. 
And so I'm like, all right, back out, hike back in that evening and find him bedded in the same spot right where I left him. And so this time I have four hours. And so I make a big loop around, get up on top of him. And I work in on top of him for hour, hour and a half. And I get up to where his, where he's bedded. Like I'd watched him go out of his bed when I was 60 something yards from him. And I'm like, oh, perfect. He's going to do what he did last night. He's going to feed in that coolie. So I creep up to his bed ready to draw and I don't see him anywhere. And the next thing I know, I hear him blow at me and I look over and he's 16 yards away, has me <laughs> pegged and I go to draw and he just takes off yeah. running. So I never see that buck again that entire year. So that was the last we'd seen of him. He gave us two chances, spooked. You're, how, old are you, how, old, how old are you now today? Uh, 22. You're so 19 I was 20 at the time. Man, you have, got, you have got some skills, man, for being that young. Like, just stuff you're saying right now does not sound like a 20-year-old, uh, you know, yeah. playing the wind right and being patient and getting up on him and backing out. Like, you never hear a 20-year-old backing out. So that's 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 really neat, man. You're definitely a killer. Let's, uh, let's yeah, keep going. Yeah, I got I to give that credit to my uh, one of my uh, mentors, Travis Graham, back home. I, I grew up bow hunting with him. Uh, my dad wasn't really a bow hunter mainly rifle hunter. So I learned everything about bow hunting from Travis and uh, that dude is so patient. Um, and just, he knows how to work animals. So that's kind of, kind of where I learned all that from. All right. Sorry about that. Yeah. My phone. Cut. So your mentor, Travis Graham. Yeah. He, he's really the one that taught me bow hunting and, and patience and, and how to really work animals. So I owe a lot of that to him, but yeah, anyways, we didn't see that deer the rest of the year. Um, we were in there quite a bit through, so here in South Dakota, we can hunt September to uh, end of December. And so we didn't see him. We got busy hunting other stuff and didn't make it back in there till uh, the following summer. So this would have been last year. And um, again, I had some time to scout. So got in there, was doing some scouting. Um, and I believe we picked this buck up like the end. It was the beginning of August and he had blew up. I actually, I have a shed off of him from that year. So this is him the second year I hunted him. As you oh, can wow. see. So really if you're not watching product. this, what is he? He's got a kicker and he's like a five point on one side or six point? Uh, six, yeah. He's got a brow tine too. So this okay. was last year. Um, actually, funny we don't, story. We don't, we, don't count the, we don't count the brow tines out here, but, but yeah. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, just so joking. Funny story is this shed... Um, the night I killed that deer, the next morning, my buddy found the shed. That's awesome. So, yeah, and he brought it to me. So, shout out to my buddy Tyler. He found this the next day and, and brought it to me. So, yeah, that was the second year I was hunting this deer, and we watched him all summer. He blew up. Um, his other side's identical to that, only with more trash. He's got two extra kickers on the other side. Oh, man. And so, yeah, we're watching him, and... He's with a pretty good sized bachelor group. I want to say there was five of them that summer. And so we're watching them, watching them and opening morning comes in and, and I made the mistake of getting lazy. Like I knew with that wind direction that I had to be careful which glassing point I set up on and me being lazy, I went to the middle glassing point instead of the furthest one out and the wind wasn't perfect, but I'm, so I'm sitting there, I'm glassing, I'm not turning him up on the hillside he's normally on and it's like nine o'clock in the morning and I hear, I hear a snort and I look behind me and all I see is this giant <laughs> frame and kicker standing there at 40 yards. And so I get turned around get an arrow knocked to get him ranged. 
the only issue is the boundary line for the private public is at 30 yards and he's at 40. And so he's 40 yards broadside and I can't shoot him. And so he did that for, he was there for maybe a minute and he turns and runs over the hill. And that's the last I saw of him. I never saw that deer in person again. And so actually in season, yeah. I come December that same year, a guy at work shows me a picture of a deer in his yard. I'm like, uh, it's my deer. Just trash (laughs) everywhere. I know it's the same deer. And so I'm like, well, and that was December. So I'm like, well, I know he made it through the, through the rut. And so he's probably going to be around for next year. Well, fast forward to this current summer. And I, I was taking some summer classes online. So I didn't really have time to scout until they ended in first of August. And so they ended, and I believe it was August like third, me and two buddies go into this area and we're set up glassing and Around seven o'clock at that night, I'm glassing up the canyon and I pick up this deer, giant frame and two kickers. And I'm like, that's gotta be him. And sure does enough, a, does he have a name? Did you name him or Yeah, his name's Ghost. Ghost. Um, okay. Yeah. Cause he would he was just disappearing on us all the time. So we called him Ghost. And so yeah, first week of August, I got this deer picked out. And so we just kept checking in on him every week, every week. And so finally that September 1st opener rolls around and it opened on a Friday. And so I worked, uh, worked in the morning, went to school, come off of school, come home, get my stuff. And I get out there and I get to the glassing uh, point at four o'clock. And I'm like, man, it's, there's not much shady spots around. And so I pick my binos up and look under, I looked under one cliff, the only shady cliff around. And I see this buck bedded. I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty good frame. I didn't know which buck it was at the time. Cause there was, there was another buck running with him that had a pretty good frame as well, just no trash. And so I throw up the spotting scope on my tripod and I'm like, oh, that's a, I don't see the kickers at this time. And so I think it's just the big typical that's running with him. I'm like, oh, that's still a big deer. I'm not going to pass him, but it under a cliff. And so I drop my stuff there, grab my bow and I back out a little ways and I call my buddy Connor, who I'd found him with in the first week of August. I'm like, dude, I'm an idiot if I pass a 150, 160 typical, right? He's like, yeah, dude, don't pass that deer. Just go kill him. I said, all right. And so I take off and I make a big loop around. I think it was around three quarters of a mile. And so he's bedded under this cliff face and it's like, it's kind of an overhanging cliff. And so he's bedded in the bottom underneath it real tight. And so I finally get on the ridge above him and I'm working down. And this is one of the struggles of South Dakota is that there's whitetails everywhere and they're mixed in and so i'm working down real careful you know go 10 steps stop go 10 step step stop and all of a sudden these two white-tailed deer blow out in front of me and they are and they run parallel to this buck where he's bedded and i'm thinking oh my gosh this is over so i'm like well i better just better just stay with it and so i get down there onto these cliffs and i'm sitting here at the very top of the cliffs and it's like a layered set of cliffs I'm thinking, well, I just, I just got to be patient. And anybody that knows me, I'm not a very patient person. So it's killing me the whole time. And so I wait here for 10 minutes or so, and I'm not seeing anything. And I'm like, well, there's kind of this little path where I can step on some rocks and not make noise. And I can get down to that second bench. So I work my way down to that second bench. And now I can finally, I can sit. And so I'm sitting there just waiting. And I don't know if this buck is still there or not. And um, about... I've been sitting for about 15, 20 minutes and another whitetail buck comes out in front of me on the ridge in front of me and he's working closer to me. 
And I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, he's got a pretty good frame. I might, I might shoot him if he gets, gets in range. And so I'm watching this whitetail, watching this whitetail. He goes from 120 yards, and he's working in. And I mean, this is over 30 minutes. And so he works into 90 yards, and I'm sitting there ranging him. I'm like, yeah, if he comes another 30 yards closer, I'll, I'm going to shoot him. And I look down to my right, and I just see this frame in kickers. I'm like, oh, <laughs> never mind. I drew back. And How so, far? And this, he was 27 yards where I shot him. So he's walking out away from me, and he oh, is man. facing straight away, and I'm at full draw. And uh, – so and he stops and he's facing straight away and I'm like oh that's not really a shot and then he slightly gives me a little bit of quartering and I can see I can see his back hip bone like right above where his back straps and at are at and yeah. I'm like well at this angle I can shoot down through there shoot him right through the heart and so I'm at full draw and uh, I shoot a hinge release and so it clicked perfectly and my bubble was level and the pin was right there and I just said send it pulled through the shot and just hammered this deer. 27 yards, the arrow buried all the way to the fletchings. And I saw that arrow, I was shooting two-inch sever broadheads. And I saw it go that far in, and I'm like, yep, that deer's dead. I didn't even knock another arrow. I laid my bow down on the ground and started crying. No joke. The <laughs> emotion hit me right there. And this buck runs out. He runs out and does like a horseshoe, and he comes back around, and he kind of goes to stop, and I'm like, oh, maybe he's going to give me another shot, and then he just falls over. So you stuck him now from basically like back. Are you, are you shooting his right side or his left side? Yeah, right it would side. have been his right side, just right over the top of that hip bone. And I oh, got so you basically stuck the whole all the way through everything. The arrow, yeah, the, I, got, the arrow. I got liver, lungs, diaphragm, heart. I got it all. You got it all. You just said you're getting it. This is yeah. three years, and you are getting it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't like shooting deer quartering away because it's such a mess to take care of them. Because I shot a doe last year quartering away, and that was just, it was disgusting. It was not worth my time to take that shot again. And I won't shoot that an that shot on meat animals. But when a big buck steps out, I tell you what, that is a lethal shot. Like, he made it. I shot him at 27, and when I ranged him where he was dead, it was 55 yards. Really? Just yeah, dead like right he, there. Was, he was dead in 20 seconds. All right, so you're, you're sitting down now, and you're crying. You're not screaming and hooting and hollering? No, man, all the motions hit me three years, and I uh, I called my girlfriend, and I'm like, he's dead. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I just killed that deer. And she's like, which deer? And I'm like, the big buck. She said, I didn't know you were going after the big buck. I thought you were going after the other one. I said, neither did I. So, But, yeah, it was cool. And so, like, the, the week leading up to season, um, I hadn't been shooting my bow much. It was It was okay dialed in, you know. But and I was just mainly trying to help a buddy get ready to go to Africa on his hunts and stuff. So we were working on his equipment and we spent one night on mine. And so I, the night before season, like I hate being this guy, but literally the night before season, I had this bow dialed in. And so when I got to the top of the hill before I dropped in on that deer, she had sent me a text and said, hey, stay out of your own head. And I was like, damn, like that hit me, you know, because I'd, I'd been in my head a lot and it was flawless execution from the shot and everything. And so, yeah, shout out to her for really giving me the confidence to make that shot and, and believing in me. All right. So now you've got this buck down. You get up to him and tell us about him. Yeah, man, he's, he's, it's pretty wild. So I get up to him and I'd never, never killed an animal in velvet before. So he's full, perfect velvet. This year he's got kickers coming off each side. And one of the kickers 
uh, actually has a kicker on the kicker. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, and I'd love to be able to tell you measurements, but I forgot to throw a tape on him before I dropped him off the tax service. So I don't quite know what he's what he's going to, how wide he is or how tall he is, but he's just a big four-point frame on each side, a matching kickers, brow tines. Um, he's outside of his ears. I think he's like 26, 27 wide. I, fr- from what I can tell and looking at him, I think he's going to, he's definitely a Pope and Young deer, um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's at that 170 mark. 170, okay. Hey, it's, it's a cool buck, man. I, I'm just stoked for you. That is awesome. Yeah, man, I appreciate that it. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's a great story. Uh, how did uh, how did my stuff perform? Are you using my pan head yet? Yeah, I'm using your pan head. Um, man, I like it. Um, so I, I glass a lot off of 15s. Uh, I got a pair of Leupold 15s, and so that's kind of like my primary optic, and it's great for glassing off um, binos with. I ran an 85 spotter on it a little bit, and I would say that's its max, running an 85 on that yeah. small of a head. Um, Definitely. And that's with the center column all the way down. So, but man, I'm, I'm impressed with it. Um, I actually, I, I broke it being an idiot. I was turning the, uh, trying to get to lock the pan down and I was turning it going the wrong way. And I popped that little E-clip off the back of it. Okay. So once I figured out which way to turn it, I haven't had any issues then, but so yeah, yeah man, I love uh, it. It's a great pan. That's awesome. I'm glad you're liking it. Yeah. It was definitely designed. I use 15s almost exclusively. Um, and uh, it was designed for that, right? For those 15s, those smaller spotters. And it, it does, and it, I, it, I run an 85 as well, and it performs well for, for a guy like me or you who's probably classing with binoculars 99% of the time and put a spotter up to confirm things. Perfect pan head for that stuff. Yeah, I agree. It's so, it's, so it's light enough that I'm always going to have it in my pack. Um, kind of the way, so I, I don't run your guys' tripod, but I run a, a different tripod and I use uh, quick disconnects. And okay. so I have my center column on a quick disconnect and then I have my heads on a quick disconnect so I can swap heads and I can also take that center column out. So when I go to the spotter, I pop that whole center column out and I put just the head right on my tripod. And oh, it's, okay. it's, that's what stables it up a lot with the spotter. Gotcha. Um, but I think I'm going to stay with that system of running the disconnects just that way um, when I do get bigger glass in the future, I'm still going to have binos. So I'll just use your guys' head on the binos and then when it's time to... Um, my goal is to build out a Swaro BTX system. And so when it's time to glass with that, I'll go to a different heavier head. And there's a rumor coming out that somebody's got a little bit heavier duty head coming out. So I'm looking forward to Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a company that specializes in tripods and pan heads that is about to blow the industry's mind in the spring. I think their name's Tricer. I don't know. I might know the guy. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I might know him too. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to seeing what that is, so. So come this spring, yeah, there's going to be a tripod and a pan head that is going to uh, make the uh, BTX guys giddy. Let's put it that way. Let's yeah, I'm looking forward to that, man. I'll probably still run both of them on the disconnect system just because I do like the, the pan head for glassing off binos. Yeah. Um, but So I think that's kind of going to be what I use from now on. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, all right, Tucker. Thanks, man. Uh, where can we find you? You know, where can people find you? Are you public? Are you private? Or what, what, what people yeah, find you? I'm public on Instagram. It's Tucker underscore Ryan underscore thirteen or something like that. Um, uh, I'm right. on Instagram a lot, and then I'm starting up a gear page called the Western Hunting Gear Guide um, with my buddy hunting partners Connor. So 
that's going to, we're working on getting that up and running just to kind of go through all the, the gear we use. Um, we're both kind of gear junkies and me coming from an engineering background, I, I, I need to understand everything. So I mess around with gear a lot. So I'm going to get that so that's up and going be on, this year. On YouTube? Like a gear page on YouTube, you're thinking? Or? Uh, eventually or on YouTube, Instagram. just Instagram for now. Okay. Okay. Instagram. All right, cool. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thanks for jumping on and, uh, we need to do it again, dude. It was a great interview. Stoked yeah, I'll catch you at the. Uh, I still got another deer tag in Colorado, so I got a four season deer tag. So if I kill something big, I'll catch you at the end of the year. Yeah, let's we'll see it again. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Yep, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Tricer Podcast. Do us a favor and like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Tricer USA. And go and check out all of our innovative gear at www.tricerusa.com. Until next time, shoot straight, have fun, and always put God first.